If you're doing video marketing to grow your business, whether you're trying to get more sales, whether you're trying to get more leads, whether you're trying to grow your membership, one thing you've got to be working on is doing better YouTube thumbnails. Because if you don't get clicks, you don't get views. Shelly, what's one of the most important things people need to know about YouTube thumbnails? That you should not repeat the entire title in your thumbnail. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. The title, the title of this one is how to dominate on YouTube with awesome thumbnails. Should we repeat that in the thumbnail of our video podcast? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what should, what type of text should you use? No text or something different? You know, that is an interesting question because sometimes I think it can really depend on the genre of videos. So sometimes something like food, you may not want any words that are covering up the food that is the most intriguing part. You might just have an arrow, but sometimes you want words and it can just depend. And there are in fact tools out there that can have you even have analytics based on do the people who click on your thumbnails and videos, do they prefer words versus no words? And that's included inside of a tool called TubeBuddy. And so it can really, my famous answer is always, it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. This is when I drink water when you say it depends. <laughs> Go on. You'll be very hydrated. But one thing that I think is really concerning is you always want to make sure that it's most visually appealing for people who are going to be clicking it. And so sometimes, like I said, there are going to be rules to follow in certain types of Genre. So a lot of the times with beauty, you know, for instance, there's a certain kind of rule that they follow. Maybe it's a before and after. Maybe it's a picture of everything in a declutter food. A lot of the time it tends to be close up and maybe the chef isn't in it necessarily. Gaming, there's a lot of overly saturated colors and maybe a screen share of what's happening in the game or very familiar characters or something with Pokemon, kind of the same. So it can really be dependent on not only what your audience is going to click on, but also perhaps even the niche. Right. And, and even the, the face or non-face or someone else's face that you might put in, studies have shown that having a face generally can improve clicks. Often even two faces can improve clicks. I've not found, as a thumbnail designer, I'm always having trouble putting two faces in. One face I can figure out how to do. Two, I don't even know how to do properly. Some other people do. Um, what I like to do for businesses is you know, usually keep it pretty simple. Have what I call a library of faces, and I actually give my clients a um, a list of emotions. You know, some which 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 range from surprise, anger, disgust, fear. Sounds silly, but these types of emotions really can get clicks, and in the right context, you know, uh, you've created. Let's say you've created a problem for your business, or your business has a problem. How to fix X, and it might be a fear thing or a shock uh, face and those strong faces. I happen to be someone who's super into body language and I read this body language blog. I've read thousands of posts on this body language blog. If you're ever interested, bodylanguagesuccess.com. He talks about all sorts of things, but also from the neck up, which is where most thumbnails win. Actually, I should add that if you can find a way to add hands into your thumbnails, I find people really like to click on those. But for some reason, never hold your arms over your head. They don't want to see your underarms. For some <laughs> reason, that gets worse clicks. You just test those things. And, and you mentioned, Shelly, the tool called TubeBuddy. It's if you have the legend service, which is generally around $50 a month, 
you can use that thumbnail comparison testing tool. And what it does is it runs for two weeks by default, but I've sometimes run them forever. Just throw in a couple of thumbnails and it switches odd even days, which thumbnails work better. And I actually, Shelly, I do not go with the best click-through rate. Have I told you this before? I think you have. The reason is I go for the best average watch time per impression. Mm-hmm. Because that's my feeling. YouTube says they're looking for a click-through rate, but what they really want is if they show a thumbnail, they want somebody to both click on it and watch for a long time, right? So I actually dig down deep into those analytics and look to see, based on if this thumbnail is shown, what is the average view time? So if it's so the click-through rate, if they click off or if they stop watching right away, you sort of tricked them, right? You sort mm-hmm. of promised one thing. And if you, there's a great click-through rate but a low average view duration, that means you didn't deliver on the promise you made in the thumbnail. How, how else do we promise things in a thumbnail and should we just do something that's enticing or or what else should we do, Shelley? Well, I think you have to strike a balance because you want to sometimes highlight and reveal what is going to be the most intriguing parts of the video, but you actually have to deliver on it as well. Just like you alluded to that clickbait type of thing where the viewer satisfaction signals are showing you did not give us what we wanted or, you know, that's going to be a steep drop off in the very beginning or very low retention or average view duration. Those kinds of signals to YouTube also then go hand in hand with the click to read. So it's not just one or the other. And that tool inside of TubeBuddy, which is going to be inside the legend, like you mentioned, it does have analytics that happen with both when you run the tests. And so it does have when shown one thumbnail, did they watch it for longer, which is an intriguing thing, because if you only go off of click through rate, it may be that thing where maybe they clicked, but they didn't enjoy it. So maybe it was more closely aligned with what the thumbnail was promising and, and that's something. And then you can use those other things that I was mentioning before, like the certain words or faces inside of the other pro- uh, project in there. It's a click magnet. So you use those in conjunction. And the nice thing is then you can find out, oh, they like faces. They like less words on, on the screen. And they like, you know, a medium shot. And then when you go to do your next A-B test or create a new thumbnail, you're armed with more information about what viewers actually like in that thumbnail. But you said an interesting thing earlier, and you said the word fixed. And fixed. I don't know if anybody else caught that, but when you hear certain words, our ears kind of perk up. And those are those intrigue words. And that is going to be something else that is sometimes going to be in conjunction with either your title or on the thumbnail itself. So you could have things like secret, broke, solved, fixed, why, most blank or like revealed or if you have like secrets revealed you know something like that those are the types of things within titling and thumbnail that work together that actually get more intrigue and so when it comes to using those and hopefully like kind of sparingly when it comes to text on thumbnail i'm in the camp of no more than like four words of text on your thumbnail and no word single like word longer than six letters because usually when you choose a font that is a big blocky readable font and not like a thin scripty one it's going to become really cluttered really fast if you have super long words and so that's why i usually stick to the rule of four or less yeah and 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 you can imagine you know think about it this way 90 percent of all times people see your thumbnails remember 
if people don't see your thumb, if people don't click on your thumbnail, you will get zero views. All right. So that's why it's so important. This is a non-video thing, but really, as many people say, the view starts with the click. So sometimes when you're talking about something technical, and it is a it is a hard thing to figure out how to do that. So this is for uh, our uh, family real estate channel. We were making something called how to defer depreciation recapture tax, the most wonky title. But if it happens to be the thing that you're into, it is the most interesting word in the world because you're saving thousands and thousands of dollars just by understanding what's in this video in taxes. <laughs> but we, we, we struggled. Should we just put it in the title? Should we put it? We ended up putting depreciation recapture tax in the thumbnail but I have to admit, it's really not going to get a ton of views. It might get from the exact person, but that's a tough one. Our best one for that particular channel about this wonky, you know, tax break is called No. <laughs> that's all that's on the thumbnail. Just a big no in black and white. Um, so let's start with some of the real basics with thumbnails. How... You, you have to upload a thumbnail. How big should it be? What type of file should it be? Well, YouTube itself does have a file size limitation when you go to upload. So that is going to be two megabytes. So a lot of the people who try to export as PNG files, they'll find that they're not able to upload their thumbnails because of the fact that a lot of those files are much larger than that upload size. So uh, a few things that you could do is one, you could save it as a JPEG, or you could try to reduce the resolution of it, which isn't always recommended um, if you had to have it as a PNG. But also the dimensions, even though you can do a 1920 by 1080, YouTube a lot of the time will recommend that you do 1280 by 720 just for variations in across different devices and everything. So they'll accept a 1920 by 1080, but they don't guarantee that it won't be sometimes, um, you know, some parts of it might not be cut off. And so with every pixel counting as much as possible, sometimes it's better to go t uh, with the 1280 by 720, which also coincidentally, when you go to export PNG or not, will have a smaller file size than a 1920 by 1080. And, and we do 72 DPI. Some people do 144, but really you don't need more than 72 in our, in our estimation. And remember, even though you're making this big file that's as big as maybe in resolution as your video, 90% of the people are going to actually see it the size of the thumbnail. If, if you're looking at me now, they're going to see one side of my glasses. That's how big it's going to be. So look at every thumbnail before you finish it and look at how it looks very small. Now, some people will watch it on TV and that's great. But um, it really, mobile is where it's at for almost all views. So think of it that way. Um, and so, I think if, yeah. ca in case anyone didn't catch that, you said a bunch of people, the majority of people will end up seeing it on something the size of a phone. And not only that, but it will typically be with multiple others. So it's not just taking up the entirety of the phone. It's probably going to be two or three deep on a phone. So before you export, you should always probably shrink down to about 25, 12.5% to see what it looks like smaller on screen. Because if you can't understand what the thumbnail is about, if you can't read your text, if you don't get the general gist of what the video is about, then perhaps you need to take a look at the thumbnail again. And a lot of people design for a desktop computer because that's what they're maybe designing on, but forgetting that most people will never see it that large. 
Right. And remember, and, and you can tell if you have a good, it's very easy to tell if you have a good thumbnail by just looking at one metric and it's not click-through rate. It's audience retention. Look at your audience retention and look at that first few seconds of the video. If, <laughs> if there is a downslope, that means there's a disconnect between what you promised in the thumbnail when they clicked and when they started watching. You either didn't, you didn't describe it right or your video doesn't fulfill the promise and get to the point that you have described and enticed people. So I I'm say, going to give possible alternative to that yeah. and that is you may want to look and it could be a video worth saving or possible of saving if you went into the YouTube editor and if you see that hockey stick of death is what we like to call it that mm -hmm. immediate drop off mm -hmm. could we chop off the first 20 30 40 seconds if it's a long intro that you repeat you ramble you don't get to the point and that's another way is maybe the thumbnail was okay but people were like oh my gosh they take so long to get to the point it could be a video worth saving or could be saved if you chop off the front end of it so that could be something worth testing as well now that that doesn't apply if you're doing a pre-roll ad you always see a, just a huge swoop down when people uh, start watching the video uh, now I use Photoshop. I'm OG. I use Photoshop. I just started learning on Photoshop years ago and I just never stopped. But I think, are you a Canva user or are you both? I have Canva. I use Photoshop and I also use PicMonkey. I have a variety of places that I, I will go to. And the nice thing about some of those, such as the more consumer friendly ones, such as PicMonkey or Canva, they have a lot of built in templates that you can start from. Photoshop um, sometimes is a little bit more advanced in the way of a lot of the time you have to start with your own blank space or, you know, your own template and go on. But they do have Adobe Express, which is kind of in that family, which they have also started coming out with some templates as well. So if you are someone who needs some additional help, there is something like that. Or some people also have like YouTube thumbnail starter packs, which I don't think is a bad way to go either, because a lot of the time they're coming from years of experience or a curated type of mind in what maybe works in YouTube. And if you could go basically have all of these packs that are kind of like tried and true type of templates and then just put in your own pieces, that could be a lot easier than starting from scratch, which just seems like a dreaded, like scary thing for a lot of people. Yeah, and it takes time. Uh, sometimes it's just more affordable and good to use a service or somebody who you've, you've decided does a good job. I'll put my affiliate code to custom thumbnails in the description because that's one service I have used before and I have recommended. Don't currently use it right this minute, but that's really just based on the nature of the clients that I'm doing. But uh, uh, that's a service that I can recommend. If you're like me though, sometimes you, you want to launch a video the minute you finished it <laughs> and you have to give them a little bit of time. You do. To turn you it have to get, and I've used them in the past before too, and they can create good items. The only thing caveat that I may give with that is you need to have a little bit of an idea what you want and then they can embellish on it. I would say like you a lot of the time will give them examples of I like this and here's why I like it or here's what I'm thinking and then they'll do it. But if you don't already have sometimes a little bit of a starting point, it would be harder to go to them, I think, and be like, this is what my video is. Yeah. And then say like go. <laughs> so is, if you're someone who can very do a good job of verbalizing what you'd like to see in a thumbnail, they're fantastic for that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so here's a tough question. Let's see if she can answer with something other than depends. Mm. 
What is the right click-through rate for a video? <laughs> Double digits or higher? I'm going to give you an answer, but the answer is always still asterisk. It depends. it depends. I would say the goal is double digits or higher because most frequently you, the average is between there, 2 to 10%. For you geeks there, when she said asterisk, it depends. <laughs> she wasn't talking about the asterisk that you put in writing. That was a coding term, which means all. That's what asterisks mean. Am I right? You were using an old coding tool that meant asterisks. Yeah. It wasn't, it depends. Yeah, that's the SQL command. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so it's in a few languages. So, but go on. I just couldn't let that pass that you were talking geek Pop speak. That. Go on. <laughs> um, I would say traditionally, and a difficult thing about that as well is it also needs to be coupled with impressions. So mm -hmm. you could have a very high click-through rate, but if it's only been shown to like four people, it's not really a true measure of much of anything. So you need to have it with a good number of impressions. And one thing is you would think, oh, well, if I have a certain number of impressions. However, if you were to get on, let's say, the trending tab, all of a sudden you're a creator on the rise, anything yeah. like that that happens where all of a sudden it goes past your normal viewership base and then is exponentially boosted to other people who have maybe never seen or heard of you traditionally what happens is then you get a huge increase of impressions but your ctr will usually tank quite a bit after that so it can be really difficult to come up to someone and be like it should be eight percent but if it has you know 10 million impressions that could be outstanding <laughs> Yeah, so you want to sort of compare it to your other videos and see how it's doing. And particularly, like we said in the uh, YouTube thumbnail testing tool within TubeBuddy, you can compare one thumbnail to another of the same video. And if it's, remember, if, you, if one is getting 2% and one is getting 4%, it's not 2% better. It's 100% better because 2% is half of... 4%. So 4% is twice of 2%, which means that's 100% better. So that means you're going to get twice as many views, not 2% more views. So 2% is actually a lot. But let's say, you know, all your videos are getting 5% and you find one that gives 8%. Well, either that's a really good topic or you just did a really great job on the thumbnail. But the reason your thumbnail click-through percentage can get lower, the better you do is if YouTube just says, Shelly, I just think your thumbnails are the best in the world and your videos are the best in the world. We're going to show this to the entire globe. Well, not everyone, I'm sorry, Shelly, not everyone is in the globe is going to like your videos mm -hmm. or my videos or anyone's videos. There's a limit. So the more it marketing there is essentially the smaller percentage of people actually yes. will it resonate with. Absolutely. Uh, now, we didn't really introduce ourselves. My name is Dane Golden from VidAction, and we help businesses with their YouTube ads drive more business. So we're a performance-based agency. We also do consulting for businesses and how to make your YouTube channel better. And Shelly, you have a couple of businesses too. Tell, tell us, Shelly saves the day. Yes, Shelly Saves a Day is my YouTube consulting, and that's my personal YouTube channel as well. And so I can help anyone figure out YouTube video strategy. And then my other side of me is called Content Minis, and that's a video editing service for people with long-form video podcasts or longer videos who want to create shorts from it. 
might not even be on YouTube, right? It might not. It might be on TikTok or you know Pinterest or Instagram Reels. Basically, short video for vertical um, distribution everywhere on every platform that accepts vertical video. No, I mean the original source video might not have ever been on YouTube or any Correct. other platform. Yes, it could be. We've done webinars. We've done all kinds of um, longer videos. So pretty much as long as it's a video and we will chop it up. <laughs> so we're a video chop shop is what I like to say. Okay. Now I want to talk about one of my tools that I use. And there's a few tools like this, but this is sort of the, um, I, guess I call it the original tool that does this. It's called Remove BG, and I'm probably going to add my affiliate code, but you can use other tools like this. It simply does this. It simply re removes the background of an image so you can overlay it on another image. Mm -hmm. We have found that some sort of collage works best in a thumbnail. You want a little bit of text, a, a image with a background removed, whether it's you or a horse or a car or whatever it is. And then some sort of interesting background, maybe a solid, maybe a gradient color, maybe a very busy color, depends on the style of your channel and your business. With businesses generally that we work with B2B, we go a little bit more on the boring side on purpose because we're trying to build trust and a little too flashy can be, can be a little bit too silly for the customer. Um, but what, it, what you used to have to do is painstakingly, in Photoshop, remove the entire background with this little lasso tool. And this with AI over the past few years just makes it so much easier. And you don't have to match exactly what's in the video to what's in the thumbnail. It can be an image with you wearing a different type of clothes or a different hat or... Whatever. It, it just matters. Is it intriguing? And is it relatively, you know, honest? Are you trying to trick someone? Or are you trying to entice them? And that's the that's the line. Do you have uh, other similar thoughts on that? I would say if we're giving advice on what makes a, a thumbnail clickable slash a winner, a couple of other things that I'm going to come into is one, spacing. So this is everything from the rule of thirds, you know, where are things placed on the canvas, as you will say. Mm -hmm. um, also, paying attention to what I call no man's land, which is that lower right hand corner. Mm -hmm. Frequently, people, um, usually beginners will end up putting text or something important over there. And it's almost always going to be hidden by the timestamp on YouTube. So that is just not an area that I ever tend to put anything unless it's the logo for me or something that is just repeatable in every single thing mm -hmm. that is like, it's not that big of a deal to keep. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is color theory. Maybe um, it could be in the food genre. It could be if you are someone who covers a variety of topics and you wanted to do a different color for each type of thing in a playlist or some other thing, but keeping in mind color science. And that could be, there's a reason why a lot of restaurants use orange and yellow and red, because those are colors that make people hungry. So you see that, that in why? McDonald's. Yes. And McDonald's and Burger King and a lot of those will always use that type of coloring. You know, there are certain things that you feel when you see blue or red. And so if you are in the business of that type of thing, you may want to look at also brand, brand colors, um, things that are complementary or, you know, across from you on the color wheel that are going to cause the most intrigue. So just some general rule of principles there to keep in mind. So that's going to be color science and the rule of thirds. 
Do you, let me ask you a little bit more on that color science, because I have always noticed, I mean, I guess I'm no genius, that most fast food have red and yellow in their logo somehow. But are there things that make you like think, oh, these people know what they're talking about with data? You know, this is a good color for a data company, or this is a good color for a car company, or <laughs> things like that. Is there that degree of color science? And do you have resources for this? Of course, there's, um, you know, colors for everything. That's why you see a lot of stuff like associated with speed, like in, in the red and green type of right, because it's like the go um, on the stoplight and like the stop sign red, and those types of things are so a lot of the time you'll see black, white and red when it comes to data and financials and a lot of graphs, right? So we start looking at graphs and we see like Black Friday and you know you see red when your stock prices are tumbling things like that and so that's why a lot of people will use accents of like red arrows or something that they really want to draw attention to on a thumbnail there's a very specific reason why some of those colors are absolutely used all the time so I mean there's everything from the science of color I mean that it's, it's been written about so many times from medical psychological as well as art and artistic type of things and you can find those videos or articles everywhere <laughs> all right good tip that's a really good tip i hadn't thought of it in that in that color theory based on industry before so um i'm going to be doing some reading and watching some videos on that shelly until next week how can people find out more about you Come to my website, ShellySavesTheDay.com, if you want to find out anything about coaching, consulting, or content minis. It's all housed there. And come hang out with me on YouTube if you want to see more videos. And I'm Dane Golden, vidaction.tv. If you're the type of business that is uh, a SaaS platform or a coach that has a membership program, and you're looking for a performance-based YouTube ad system where we do all the ads we pay to run the ads, we pay to do the campaigns, and you just pay us based on results. Look in the description, contact us, and uh, if we're a match, we might want to work with you. Until next week, here's to helping you help your customers through video. Okay, hitting the stop. <laughs>